0: the FF Fantasy Football Podcast Week 17 Injury Report Edition. I'm your host, Ian Hardich. riding solo today. Usual guy, Nick Botterford, could not make it, but we always wish him the best and appreciate the hard season of work. And with that, everyone, a lot of injuries to cover ahead of Championship Weekend. Can't say enough congratulatory words to those that are still alive and kicking at this point. So, anyone out there joining us live on YouTube, number one, I appreciate you. Number two, any start-sick questions you have, send them. And I do my very best to get to each and every one of those so again appreciate you guys tuning in as always week freaking 17 let's have a show let's have a day going to be going through position by position as always and as always i will have notes on all this on pff.com so if you miss something Don't have time to listen to the whole podcast. Whatever, we got you covered over there. So with that, everyone, let's get after it. First of all, Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts does seem to have a chance of returning in Week 18, got back to practice this week. That's all fine and dandy, but will not be suiting up on Sunday against the Saints. He is officially doubtful with a right shoulder injury, setting up Gardner Minshew to make his second start of the season. So with Minshew now ripped off QB10, QB18, and most recently QB3 fantasy finishes in three replacement starts of Hertz over the past two seasons. So he's a legit low-end QB1, guys. We know he can throw the football in an offense with a great offensive line and a top-three wide receiver tandem in A.J. Brown Devontae Smith. I have Gardner Minshew as my QB9 on the week, behind guys like Trevor Lawrence, Jared Goff, Justin Herbert, and some of the GOATs up top, but ahead of guys like Aaron Rodgers, Mike White, Kirk Cousins, who I don't think are in offenses with the same level of firepower combined with Minshew's potential to, again – Have one of these top fantasy finishes thanks to the Eagles deploying pretty much the biggest cheat code in all of football at this point with that QB sneak. With the Dolphins, Tua is going to miss this one with a concussion. That means Teddy Bridgewater will be under center here against the Patriots. So, we did see Teddy actually register an overall QB7 finish all the way back in Week 6. That said, in those two appearances, he only led the offense to 15 and 16 points. So, Teddy, in and of himself, is not going to be a recommended start for us this week. He comes in just my QB19. The one big takeaway here, and... Look, you're starting Jalen Waddle, you're starting Tyreek Hill no matter what, but when we did have Teddy under center, guys, he really featured Tyreek more so than anyone. 29 targets for Tyreek Hill in those two games. Not Waddle, still at 15. That's a solid average of seven and a half targets per game, but really was more of a Tyreek number one, Waddle number two with Teddy under center. Again, you're starting them both. Either way, probably already spent too many words on it, but for you DFSers out there, might be a good opportunity to get a slightly less owned Tyreek Hill than normal, even though we could see even more of that sweet, sweet volume. Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers, not listed. He continues to deal with this right thumb and knee issue. Just realized that he is set up pretty well against his Vikings defense. Bottom four defense in terms of fantasy points per game allowed to opposing quarterbacks. I do think he is a top 10 signal caller this week. I would just barely give Rodgers the nod over guys like Mike White and Kirk Cousins. Thanks to that matchup, assuming Christian Watson is going to play through the questionable tag. I think if we don't have Watson out there, then I will give the slight tiebreaker to White and Cousins. It's very close between those three. Ravens will not have Lamar Jackson for another week. He is out once again with a knee injury. Tyler Huntley, we saw it last year. We've seen it in the preseason. The guy is, you know, like a poor man's Lamar Jackson and his ability to run around with the football. But the passing game is so devoid of anybody capable at this point. We just can't get behind him as anything more than a low-end QB2, and you're only starting him in super flex two QB formats. So Huntley, in his five appearances this season, hasn't finished better than the fantasy QB16. Not great, Bob. Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence, questionable with a toe injury, fully expecting to play through the pain. And we did get confirmation from Doug Peterson earlier this week, quote unquote, there's never a meaningless game, never, ever, ever. We are fully expecting the Jaguars to be playing Lawrence, ETN, and all their starters as much as they need to before this game gets out of hand. So we did see, good note from Adam Levitan, a true goat over there at established the run. Adam noted that Peterson did rest starters in week 17 of 2017. That said, Jacksonville does have a six. 60- to eight percent chance of getting the wild card even if they win in week 17 but lose in week 18 so six to eight percent chance not exactly the one percent chance that the raiders obviously bought into and in their decision to bench Derek carr so lawrence all these pass catchers travis etm expecting them to get their usual run in. and that's great news guys because lawrence top 10 fantasy finishes in six of his last seven starts my overall qb8 on the week ahead of that tier i've been talking about minsu rogers white cousins among others speaking nope. of Mike White not listening on the injury report and we'll take over for Zach Wilson after recovering from that rib injury so keep in mind I mean we had that awesome first game of the season for White after that though only led two touchdown drives against the Vikings and Bills in eight quarters of football that said he still threw the ball enough in that former matchup to rip off another top eight finish so really the big winner from this is going to be Garrett Wilson who was locked in as a must start wide receiver one had 95 yards two touchdowns 162 yards and in 78 yards despite being in Tredavious White's shadow coverage in his three games with Mike White under center. Just one of those things with Mike White where we have the talent at pass catcher. We have an offense more willing to throw the ball when he is the one under center. Again, so sad that the NFL drafts number two overall pick this time last year. Couldn't do more with this, but Mike White feeling good about him. Legit low end QB1. I would start him ahead of guys like Tom Brady, like Geno Smith, like Kirk Cousins. What a time to be alive. Could be a sneaky shootout here between the seahawks and jets unfortunately we have the cardinals quarterback colt mccoy was practicing in full on Wednesday and Thursday. Kingsbury said he was expecting to start, but had a relapse on Friday, and he is not going to be under center ruled out after having some more concussion symptoms pop up. So on the one hand, we're not getting Trace McSorley, which is good for the pass catchers because it seemingly can't get much worse than Trace McSorley, but we are going to have David Blau, most notably the Lions quarterback who got thrown in there on Thanksgiving back in 2019, and also a big fan of Magic, if you didn't know. That's a fun YouTube rabbit hole for any of you guys out there, But yeah, guys, it's bad. Vegas only telling these Cardinals that they're implied to score 18.75 points despite the winnable, winnable matchup against the Falcons. Then all of a sudden, DeAndre Hopkins pops up on the injury report with a knee injury on Friday after this goes down. So certainly seems like, you know, that Kevin Nash gif where he basically sits down, I'm sorry, stands up from the wheelchair and the cast there. You know, he's not injured anymore. Hopkins basically did that in reverse seemingly after finding out that Cole McCoy won't be out there. So James Connor, who we'll get to more in a second, is such a workhorse at this point that I still think he deserves to be in fancy lineups of most shapes and sizes. Otherwise, heavy majority of start-sick questions with anybody involved in the Cardinals. I will be taking the other guy. And that goes for DeAndre Hopkins, guys. Seriously, not someone that needs to be forced into these lineups. I would play guys like Drake London, Jerry Judy, DJ Moore, Christian Kirk, Juju Schuster ahead of DeAndre. I don't think I could quite name 30 wide receivers to be thrown out there in front of him, but you can get pretty close. Final note, 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy still dealing with the oblique and rib issues, but he will be under center this Sunday. Meanwhile, Jimmy Garoppolo is once again out with that foot injury. So credit to uh, Brock Purdy this year, at least two touchdowns, actually exactly two touchdowns in all four of his extended appearances. He's a rock solid QB2 against a Raiders team that has seemingly thrown the towel in on this season. So we know they're going to want to always run the ball in Kyle Shanahan's offense. So don't get too carried away with Brock Purdy. I would still start guys like Brady, Geno, Kirk Cubs Mike White ahead of him. But again, my QB 15 rock solid QB two, as the kids might say. Moving on to running back now, 49ers RB Christian McCaffrey not listed with a knee injury, neither is Jordan Mason. So CMC at this point, 35 consecutive non-injured or got traded in the middle of the week, games where he has at least gained 100 total yards and or scored a touchdown. So probably should be your number one highest projected running back on the week, contained to fire up CMC with all the confidence the world, even if Jordan Mason might have a couple more carries than the spoiled CMC managers might prefer. Similar sentiment is true for Chargers running back Austin Eckler I understand the Chargers don't have a ton to play for but he is not listed on the final injury report and just have a hard time believing the primary touchdown scorer in this offense is going to be overly rested out there now that they are seemingly feeling better about his health so Aaron Donald less Rams defense I mean I come to you guys with a bet every now and then I always put my hand up and say I am not one of these guys exactly you know ripping off the 57 58 percent winning percentage on bets that you need to to be the profitable gambler but Rams Chargers that game total was only at 42 and a half we've seen the chargers with everyone healthy this year be able to put up all sorts of points and seeing justin herbert look like a world beer for different stretches and baker mayfield and company fresh off putting up over 50 points on a broncos team that i get was quitting and there were plenty of defensive contributions in that one as well but again only 42 and a half in the battle of los angeles give me that over yes guys championship season absolutely love to see it and one guy that's helped get you there cardinals running back james connor mentioned him a few minutes ago with this workhorse role and it is wild snap rate north of 90 percent now in four consecutive games has not finished outside the position's top 20 back since returning from injury in week nine so had an illness didn't practice on wednesday and thursday back out there on friday continue to fire up connor as a legit rb1 so i know the situation under center guys isn't pretty that said The low implied total, 18.75 points. Sadly, it's not even like a bottom five mark of the week. I would still play James Conner ahead of guys that simply don't have the same three down workload like a Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook, David Montgomery, Brian Robinson, Travis Etienne, amongst others. Patriots running back Ramondre Stevenson with an ankle injury is questionable. Damian Harris is not listed with a personal injury. Again, last week, guys, only James Conner, only Saquon Barkley were actually on the field more often than Ramondre Stevenson last week. I know he had that late game fumble. That was not good for the Patriots or fantasy managers. But guess what? I'm not worried about the fumble because Bill Belichick is not worried about that fumble. Belichick's exact quote. I'm not going to second-guess Ramondre on what he did. Ramondre's ball security has been pretty good all year. He had two hands on the ball. They were running him back, and they knocked it out at the end. So with Ramondre, guys, still the PPR RB9 on the season. His pass game ceiling is honestly higher than just about anyone, not named McCaffrey or Eckler, continue to start Stevenson in the heavy majority of start-sit lineups. Appreciate the YouTube chat calling out my sick uh, background. Yeah, guys, hanging out at the uh, future Mrs. Tits in-laws house in lovely New York. Of course, I can't be in Ohio when we're about to take on those bulldogs tomorrow night, but I can't exactly make all these decisions these days. But appreciate the hospitality uh, from the lovely future in-laws. and appreciate you guys tuning in with me live all season long here. Again, any special start sick questions, let me know, folks. On the Seahawks side of things, all three running backs, Kenneth Walker, Travis Homer, and DJ Dallas, questionable with ankle injuries. So, look, Walker is already expected to play. Pete Carroll does this almost every week where he lists guys as questionable and then tells us in his post-Friday practice presser that they are expected to play. So, just Pete going to Pete. But, and guys, honestly, last week, Walker, less practice perci- per- less practice participation, and he still managed to have 28 combined targets and carries on just 39 overall snaps. So, look, again, Fully expected to be out there, and he's going up against a Jets defense where, look, we know how good South Sauce Gardner and company are at actually stopping the pass. Would make sense if Kenneth Walker's leaned on more than ever. I'm firing up as a top fifteen option that he has been for most of the season, albeit I know it's dropped off a little bit here down the stretch. More concerning area here is going to be Packers running back Aaron Jones. He's not listed on the final report, but that's been the case really all season long, continuing to play through all sorts of pain. Knee and ankle is what's on the issue uh, on the injury report this week. But glute, shin, it's been one thing after another for Aaron Jones all season long. And you start to add it up, and A.J. Dillon has outscored Jones in two of their last four games. So I had them both as low-end RB2 options. It would make more sense if the Packers try to attack this Vikings defense, more so through the air, where I think they are slightly more weak than they are against the run so Jones and Dylan. I understand at this point in the year you guys probably don't have a ton of better options to be you know having these close start sit decisions but just for reference I would start guys that I'm just more confident in getting those 15 plus carries like an Alvin Kamara, Tyler Algier, Cam Akers even what a time to be alive over either Packers running back and I would put AJ Dillon ahead of Aaron Jones straight up interesting point I've seen this week on the DraftKings slate for you DFS DFSers out there nobody's really believing in Aaron Jones and again I get it coming off season low marks and snap rate and touches hard to trust the guy at this point in time but if we're off on Aaron Jones shouldn't that mean we're on AJ Dillon ownership is not saying that so far so for contrarian plays helicopter plays if you will I do love AJ Dillon this week from Shea Glover have to sit one Jamar Chase Stefan Diggs and Garrett Wilson oh my gosh I get some of these questions and you're in a championship round, so I'm not gonna, you know, slander you with the uh, four-team league nonsense, Shay. But out of that group, it would have to be Garrett Wilson. Yeah, hell of a problem to have. But with Jamar Chase and Stephon Diggs, we're talking about two top five guys versus eight top twelve living been calling out me and jake seeley with the fiancés just married them girls we got a date we're trying to it's gonna happen all right but there's no rush to do it it's still a great day to be great you guys know how that is but yeah guys appreciate you as always mentioned alvin kamara here he is good to go had a dmp with a quad slash personal reason he also was not exactly thrilled about his third down usage as all of us fantasy managers haven't been thrilled about this season but he is not listening on the final report and is expected to be good to go so even with Kamara we just have to kind of readjust the expectations with them and obviously we have done that throughout the second half of the season but last week got the overall RB9 finish that was the first time since week eight that he finished higher than 17 so it is the Eagles 10th ranked scoring defense I'm not exactly expecting Andy Dalton company to keep this one overly close that said Alvin Kamara still warrants top 20 treatment just not exactly the guy that you drafted him to be and yeah that is uh, rough at this point Eagles running back Miles Sanders not listed with that knee injury and again had that late game fumble last week but not expecting the Eagles to overly penalize the guy has been leading their backfield all season long so touch ceiling remains north of 20. I would expect him to continue to clear that as long as Jalen Hurts is sideline volume based RB2 that he has been all season long. I have Sanders ranked as my RB23. I would start the Packers guys ahead of him because we just have such a low pass game floor for Miles Sanders but I would start Sanders ahead of guys that I think are dealing with three pronounced RB backfields with guys that are more evenly cutting things up like the Panthers and like J.K. Dobbins with the Ravens. Let's see, sit Najee or Dobbins for Acres. I think I would have to sit J.K. Dobbins. We had the interesting note this week from John Harbaugh talking about the situation, saying that Dobbins and Gus Edwards aren't even being limited because of their touches. This is just what we're getting in Baltimore. And what we're getting in Baltimore is no pass game usage for these running backs. Dobbins and Gus pretty much splitting things. And then unfortunately, even a Justice Hill, sometimes Kenyon Drake making things that much more involved with threes. So Najee has been the prettiest this year and Jalen Warren's going to be involved as well. But again, with similar situations, I would be taking, and that's in that one, Najee and Akers ahead of Dobbins. Yeah, man, Baltimore's run defense is stout pass funnel group for sure. The Ravens, the Titans, and what's the other one? I was forgetting this Ravens, Titans, uh, another great run defense that forced everyone's pass. We'll just go with those two now. But, yeah, Ravens, anytime you can get the pass game, guys, Deontay Johnson and company going against them, feeling good about that. Sorry, Leg Bigman, lost to a Purdy Baker and Russell Wilson or oh yeah, sorry, you lost to a Purdy Baker or Russell Wilson. Now that Nathaniel Hackett is gone, I would be riding with Brock Purdy here. Multiple touchdowns in all four of his extended appearances, even slid into the end zone one time on that QB sneak. Baker Mayfield, it has been a nice story, but really that Broncos defense did seem to quit. And he's just not working with that many healthy pass game weapons in his own right. So give me Purdy from that one. All right, guys, Commanders running back Antonio Gibson is out with a foot and knee issue, and that now has Brian Robinson on the top of everyone's mind. So, look, this is good. I'm just saying, don't get completely carried away with Brian Robinson. He's going to settle in as a top 12 running back for me. I would start Brian Robinson ahead of guys with more backfield competition, even if it's slightly like a David Montgomery, like a Jerick McKinnon, like a Leonard Fournette, even like a Tyler Algier. That said, when we start looking at Brian Robinson against Joe Mixon, Ramondre Stevenson, James, Connor, you know, Josh Jacobs of the world. No, I'm going to have to go with the guys with a higher pass game floor because look, Antonio Gibson wasn't stopping Brian Robinson from getting 20 plus touches anyway. That happened in four of the last six games with a healthy Antonio Gibson out there. What happened last week though was even after Gibson got injured, we actually saw Jonathan Williams come in and run 11 routes to only six for Robinson. So I don't think they'll go out of their way as much as they do for Gibson to keep him involved as they will, you know, with Jonathan Williams. But this isn't a situation I think where we're talking about, you know, Elijah Mitchell getting hurt and McCaffrey going from a 60% guy to like a 90%. I think Robinson probably gets maybe three to five more combined carries and targets than he would otherwise. That's great. We'll take it. But I don't think it's going to be, again, that true every down work course start him no matter what. He's just a solid RB1. So you're feeling good either way. All right. He wants to know in the Super Bowl, three receivers should I roll with? Let's see, Godwin Evans, Diggs, Sun God, and Garrett Wilson. We're going to go with the Sun God himself, Stefan Diggs, and then it's probably going to just barely be oh my gosh all right full ppr i think i almost lean chris goblin over garrett wilson that is such a close one though i believe i have them right next to each other yeah i do lean goblin barely so i go sun god chris goblin who has six plus catches in all but one of his non-injured games this season and stefan diggs out of that group great problem to have though Texans running back Darion Wallet questionable with a knee. His absence would help out Royce Freeman and Rex Burkhead a little bit, but nothing we're overly freaking out about either way. This is still the 30th ranked scoring offense. Also, Lions running back Justin Jackson, questionable with a hip. For a second, I got excited about this. Not that I want to see anyone get hurt. You guys know how it goes, but if we do take Justin Jackson out of the equation, then we get that, you know, weeks one through two rotation of just Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift, where I think both guys could be recommended starts top 20 options potentially with that backfield just in themselves lines are implied to score more points than anyone this week against that bears 31st rank scoring defense the problem is craig reynolds has come off ir and i really think if jackson is not available unfortunately we're going to see reynolds having 25 30 percent of those snaps in his own right so not here to say Jamal or DeAndre Swift, like you can't start him. Again, this is a very good matchup and close start, sick questions with them. Relatively, I would be taking them, you know, ahead of a lot of these Panthers running backs. Donovan Knight, Zach Moss, Latavius Murray. Give me either Lions guy. Just realized i waiting for that Swift role to change. It doesn't sound like that the uh, Lions truly think he is healthy enough at this point in the season to handle a featured role. Jamal Williams a little bit banged up in his own right. Unfortunate that this Lions offense has been so good and so high scoring with everyone healthy. I would just try to stick more so the passing game when possible foreman or jk dobbins i just barely lean um jk dobbins here and this is a situation where it's a three back three back committee for him but it also is for deontay foreman so honestly with both these guys i think we're projecting them for around 12 to 15 carries i will take dobbins despite that awesome performance from the panthers run game last week uh, Jacoby Myers, Tyler Boyd, or Richie James going to be Jacoby Myers for me with Tyquan Thornton questionable and Devontae Parker out. Uh, let's see. Natasia is benching Buffalo defense. That's a decent call. Should I grab Jacksonville? Miami, Pittsburgh, or the Chargers? I would go ahead and lean with Jacksonville there. Let's just fade the Houston Texans whenever possible. Good questions, everyone. Keep them coming. Real quick, though, before we continue on, gotta give a shout-out to one of my favorite sponsors. I love all the sponsors, but I don't necessarily spend as much time on all of their lovely products as I do with our fine folks over at Underdog Fantasy. Guys, I know Best Ball Mania, if you guys were lucky enough to get a squad through to the finals, I my last one died out last week. Very disappointing, but best best you believe we'll be taking that home in 2023. But the gauntlet is open for drafting on Underdog Fantasy. I cannot wait to get some teams out there tomorrow and especially in the week 18 because it's a playoff best ball tournament with $1 million in total prizes and a 100,000 first place prize. Just draft your team before the NFL playoffs start and that's it. Drafting players that will rack up a bunch of fantasy points and advance deep into the playoffs is key to this style of contest. So again, if you haven't signed up for underdog yet use the promo code pff and you'll get your first deposit up to 100 match go check out the gauntlet open for drafting on underdog fantasy all right, guys, some wide receiver news. Quick group of guys that we're not worried about. Stephon Diggs with the illness got back to practice on Friday. A.J. Brown had a slight knee issue, as we've seen over the years, not listening on the final report. You don't need me to tell you to start Diggs and A.J.B. in contests and lineups of all shapes and sizes, even though I've actually gotten some of these Stephon Diggs questions. Yes, these actually have been some decent, close enough ones, but that said, I still am going with Diggs every single time, just like you should, too. Also, I have Brown's wide receiver Amari Cooper not, listed with the hip injury hasn't been pretty with Deshaun Watson under center. PPR wide receiver 54, 61, 44 and 31. Just realized last week he dropped a touchdown. He also had a dropper two in that Cincinnati game that weren't exactly timely. And the fourth down one killed a drive. He's still gotten some volume in these. So nine, seven, six, and ten targets. Unfortunately, with how the offense is playing, even relative to some of the context with the Deshaun Watson performance. Cause if you look at you know his passer rating and his yards per attempt, it tells you he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. But once you start putting in adjusted completion rate, PFF passing grade, things that are accounting for those drops, it still tells you he's been a below average to bad quarterback. So with that in mind, Amari Cooper, unfortunately not taking the second half boom that we were hoping for, getting Watson back, more so of a boomer bus wide receiver three that I do think is due for a boom. That said, hardly someone you need to be jamming in a lineups of all shapes and sizes. 49ers wide receiver Debo Samuel is going to miss this week with the ankle and knee injury again. Continue to trust Brandon Ayuk, guys. I know George Kittle has been hogging a lot of those touchdowns here in recent weeks, but the process, he says, the process remains right. Ayuk comes in for me as my wide receiver 20 ahead of guys like Mike Evans, Judas Maschuster, Christian Kirk, DJ Moore, Jerry Judy, amongst others. All right, we do have Packers wide receiver Christian Watson. Questionable with the hip injury, he's been referred to as as not being a serious injury all week, and he did get back to a limited practice on Friday. So no, we've gone two straight games without a touchdown for Watson after he had what freaking seven touchdowns uh, in his previous four games. That said lots of opportunities, both at the end of that Rams game, as well as last week against the Dolphins, where a better ball or maybe him just, you know, seeing Rodgers little tiny signal telling him to get ready for the screen, you could have seen Watson getting back into the end zone again. So, Vikings, league ors defense, and PPR points for game allowed to the position. Watson is someone I am continuing to trust as the upside wide receiver, too. That we've seen him be for the better part of the last six weeks. My wide receiver 18 on the week ahead of guys like Ayo, Cooper, Evans, Juju, Kirk, among Amongst others, I would note that if Watson is sidelined, Romeo Dobbs will be getting the biggest jump in usage. We've seen them be really still willing to keep Alan Lazard as more so the 1B alongside Christian Watson. But if we take away Watson, all of a sudden, we pretty much just have Lazard, Dobbs, and Randall Cobb. So great stuff there in a must-win matchup against the Viking secondary that, again, we have seen be had throughout this season. Uh, yeah, look, Natasia, if Jalen Hurts does wind up playing, yes, I would play him over Jared Goff. It's Jalen Hurts, but there's it's something like over 95% of doubtful players do not play. So I would just be happy you have Jared Goff and move in from there. Uh, from he to, I think McKinnon will do the same thing he did a few weeks ago against Denver. Probably not to that extent. He was the PPR RB1 on that you know performance, so it's tough to necessarily expect that. But I still do have Jarek as a recommended start as a top 20 option. Again, it's one of these things in Kansas City where... Where we spent so much time basically trying to figure out who was going to be the number one guy past Travis Kelsey. It's turned out to be Jesus schuster But after that, it really has been a lump of everyone. And once Clyde Edwards Hilaire left that picture, yes, it did give, give Isaiah Pacheco the opportunity to see these 15 plus carries more weeks than not. But Jarek really getting that pass down role that Clyde was supposed to be drafted to have in the first place. He's been the one thriving. So especially in full PPR, I do think Jarek's going to warrant that start designation. Nation and more lineups than not. Appreciate you, Carlos. Great day to be great, everyone. Appreciate all you guys checking out another edition of the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. Keeping on, keeping on, though, we got Patriots wide receiver Devontae Parker once again out with a concussion. Tyquan Thornton questionable with a knee injury. So Jacoby Myers played 100% of the snaps last week. He's going to be safe from the Xavier Howard shadow from the friendly confines of the slot. Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar on the outside. There's not even going to be Jonu Smith out there who's missing this with a concussion. So sneaky, solid DFS stack you could have going on here with the patriots probably don't want anything to do with mac jones but we at least have some bring back options that said guys patriots offense has totaled more than 225 passing yards one game during the past 10 weeks. So not a ton of upside. That said, Jacoby Myers in full PPR is going to warrant volume-based wide receiver three treatments. So when I get my handy-dandy ranks adjusted over at pff.com and the PFF app, I see myself having Jacoby right there in the low-end wide receiver three conversation alongside guys like Marquise Brown, Brandon Cooks, and Adam Thielen. Seahawks wide receiver Tyra Lockett is questionable with a hand injury. Also have Marquise Goodwin questionable with a shoulder wrist. What we say, though, about Pete Carroll before after listing Lockett as questionable, he did come out and say that he is expecting to play. So one of those things where the matchup is so tough and I don't know, guys, I I had bricks for hands in high school. That's why I played defense. I am not good at catching footballs. So. That said, I would imagine when you have a hand injury or a finger injury, it's probably not good gonna help you uh, catch that football, especially not when you're facing one of the best secondaries in the league with the New York Jets. So DK Metcalf continues to be the main guy that we are focusing on in the Seahawks, uh in the Seahawks wide receiver room. Tyra Locker for me is not gonna be more than a boomer bust wide receiver three option. I'll have him alongside guys like DJ Chark and Donovan Peoples Jones, where okay. It's Tyler Lockett. We've seen him score plenty of times this year. And Geno Smith, we got the revenge game factor going on. I'm not saying you can't start Tyler Lockett, but man, starts, close start, sit question. Give me the guy who isn't actively dealing with a hand injury. Cardinals wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins, again, is questionable with his knee injury. And when you, when it happens on Friday, like not even listed on the injury report Wednesday and Thursday, that is problematic. So if Hopkins winds up suiting up, he's going to be someone that I'm going to have ahead of guys, you know, like Chark, like DPJ, like Gabriel Davis. But once we start looking at Jerry Judy, Drake London, DJ Moore, even Juju, I would start those guys ahead of DeAndre Hopkins, do the potential for him to be working out less than 100% and also David freaking Blau being under center here let's see Steelers wide receiver Deontay Johnson not listed with the hip injury low-key coming on okay here at the end of the year wide receiver 25 wide receiver 11 and wide receiver 37 finishes in full PPR scoring over the past few weeks last three matchups against the Ravens 105 yards two touchdowns seven catches 51 yards and more recently six catches and 82 yards so rock solid volume based wide receiver three Maybe, just maybe, my mans can find the end zone before the end of the season gets here. Can't fully blame him, though. Life inside of the Steelers' 29th-ranked scoring offense. A couple more start sits here. Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence. I do have Justin Fields. Shootout against the Lions in that sweet, sweet rushing upside. But good job on having two of my top eight-ranked quarterbacks. Uh, let's see. It's a... Big game in Detroit. Yeah, man, Detroit, Chicago, looking freaking good there in the Dome. Jared Goff splits, man. I was talking about those on the game-by-game preview uh, pod a little bit earlier this week, but it is wild just how much more productive Goff has been in the Domes, albeit we do know that he has had way more games in the Dome, so keep that in mind. Uh, Our guy Tenzin wants to know, Foreman, Alave, or Dotson in .5 PPR. That's where I would lean towards Foreman. Again, we're not getting the full point PPR, so Foreman isn't being quite as penalized. With Chris Alave. If I was 100% sure Alave was healthy and the matchup wasn't brutal against the Eagles, you know, consensus, top five, top 10 ranked secondary, I would feel good about it. But it's a hamstring injury coming back from it in a Saints offense that I actually this is great because Chris Alave was my next person I wanted to talk about. I mean, Alave's been awesome this year. You can look at his yards per route run, and he's been among the top five best rookie receivers since 2015. But this entire passing game has surpassed 250 yards two times all season, only once since they sat Jameis on the bench after week three. So if I knew there were absolutely no problems with Alave, that'd be fine. But he is questionable with the hamstring injury in a really tough matchup against the Eagles. So it's tough. If it was full PPR, maybe we do go more so with Alave. I slightly lean with Deontay for him. C Matt Gold asking me how do I rank and choose the kickers? Oh man, you know what I do with my kicker rankings? I was I revert straight to the great Nathan Yonke, famed PFF you know Fantasy Pros expert ranker, and I let him do that. I actually have a clause in my PFF contract; I am not required to talk about kickers. So I appreciate you tuning in, C Matt. But yes, we do not discuss kickers here on the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. Also, a message from Victor Christian Watson if he plays. DJ chart Cortland Sutton or Michael Pittman pick two to start here definitely Christian Watson if he plays and then if he doesn't I would have to go with DJ Chark and Michael Pittman I know Sutton kind of got something going uh, last week and he's been a little better since returning from the hamstring injury but that said it's still this Broncos offense guys dead last in the league in scoring if Jerry Judy who is questionable and this is awesome you guys are asking me questions that are taking me right down uh, my show sheet here Jerry Judy who is questionable if he's out then all of a sudden I do think we could probably wrap our minds around starting. Sutton over Michael Pittman, because let's face it, you know, looking at that Colts, Nick Foles or Sam Ellinger led offense, nothing good going on there, but I would rank them assuming Judy plays, which I think he will Christian Watson, DJ Chark, Michael Pittman and Cortland Sutton. And I really appreciate the ban kickers sentiment going on here you guys know how we roll here on the pff fantasy pod last thing though chris Olave is rolled out don't sleep on rashid shaheed actually keeping on keeping on was on a hell of a hot streak last week obviously I had to deal with the brutal weather conditions in cleveland but remember shaheed would be someone for me leaping up into that low end wide receiver three conversation i still think i would start guys like dpj brandon cooks adam thielen ahead of him but when we start looking at shaheed against marquise brown romeo dobbs josh Palmer, I would lean with the rookie. Speaking of the weather, gave a lot of love to, you know, Kevin Roth and the guys um, in the whole crew. I think it's mostly just him over at Roto-Grinders and uh, their weather NFL team. Checked it out this week, and we have absolutely no concerns. There's four matchups in the green where, okay, we might have some light rain, might not be the warmest matchup in the world, but on a scale, green is the one that we really don't need to make any adjustments about. So just goes to show you the week-to-week league nature of the NFL, how much things can go from being absolutely wild one week to absolutely fine in the next. For my guy, Victor, Tyler Algier, Ramondre Stevenson, or Alvin Kamara, pick two to start in full PPR. I'm going to go with Stevenson, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but we are going to arrive with Tyler Algier just barely over Alvin Kamara because Alvin Kamara doesn't have the pass game role that was supposed to make him Alvin freaking Kamara, averaging the least PPR points per game of his entire career from purely receiving production, and with him apparently not fully healthy in his own right. Give me the rookie, Tyler Algier, top 10. And pretty much any rushing metric you want to bring up. Like this hurts me to say, guys. You got the guys leap my guy, um, Cordero Patterson on the depth chart. And I can't even be mad. He's just been better than him, honestly. Now, I would like to think the you know, Falcons don't need to be playing whatever the hell a Parker Hesse is, their second tight end ahead of Cordero Patterson, but that's a story for another day. Ravens wide receiver Demarcus Robinson, not listed with that groin injury. Deshaun Jackson, not listed with his illness, so that's good news. That said, guys, Tyler Huntley led Ravens passing game, 187 yards passing, 88, 138, and 115 in his four extended appearances. So we are not going to worry about anyone in the Baltimore Ravens passing game except Mark Andrews, and even then, it's such a sad situation. How can you feel good about that at all at this point in the year? couple more here in the wide receiver that are not all that consequential. Ashton Doolin out with a concussion. Should have Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell, and Alec Pierce now fully ingrained in three wide receiver sets. But it's Nick Foles, who is freaking horrendous on Monday night. Or Sam Ellinger, who might actually be one of the few quarterbacks out here who could produce an even worse version of this offense. Pittman, volume-based wide receiver three. Otherwise, I want nothing to do with that passing game, as you can probably understand. Bears wide receiver Chase Claypool, questionable with a knee. Dante Pettis, questionable with an ankle. and St. Brown should be back from missing a game with a concussion. Byron Pringle, Vilas Jones, and Nikhil Harry will be the starting three wide receivers. If Claypool and Pettis are out, is probably switching in too. At the end of the day, the matchup is perfectly winnable. I get that. But Justin Fields, fewer than 200 passing yards in all but two games this season. I would probably have to ride with... If Claypool and Pettis are out, I would give Pringle and Jones the benefit of the doubt. But even then, we're talking about wide receiver, wide wide receiver four, wide receiver five options at best. I think you guys can understand that I'm not recommending to start any Bears pass catchers. If you can at all help it with the fantasy freaking championship on the line, Drake Holiday, our guy in the chat, though, is calling for a Nikhil Harry breakout game. So, Drake, if you're right on that one, kudos to you. I am not going to be, you know, back in the Nikhil Harry breakout game in week 17, though. Buccaneers wide receiver Julio Jones. Questionable with the knee issue if he is going to miss this. Just expect some more air yards for Mike Evans and Scotty Miller. We do have J.C. Horn out for the Panthers. So, my God, if there is ever going to be a time for Mike Evans, God forbid you somehow drag your fantasy team to the playoffs after spending a you know early-round pick on the guy. 11 straight games without a touchdown for Mike Evans in 2020 and 2021. His streak without scoring a touchdown with Tom Brady under center two freaking games to say he's due would be an understatement maybe the regression really gods are just falling asleep at the wheel when looking at Mike Evans but I'm not saying you need to start him but I am firing him up as a borderline wide receiver too, hoping that at some point this town's going to win out in a must-win game for the Buccaneers that said Chris Goblin and to a slightly lesser extent Leonard Fournette only true must-start options in Tampa Bay Lions wide receiver Josh Reynolds, not listed with that illness. Only main point here is that he's going to continue to keep Jamison Williams away from fantasy consideration. And Chiefs wide receiver Cole Hardman had a setback, will not be returning. So in that Chiefs wide receiver room, don't sleep on Juju Smith-Schuster. okay? I know last week was a dud, but especially on DraftKings, I mean, the dude's still only like 5.7K has been a wide receiver one more weeks than not in this offense when he hasn't been dealing with a concussion. I mean, he's freaking three weeks removed away from going for like 75 yards in a tutty against this very same Broncos defense. So last week it was Juju, 83% snap rate. Justin Watson was at 74. MBS, Kadarius, Tony, and Sky Moore all rotating as the complementary pieces. So in KC, we have Kelsey, Juju, McKinnon, Pacheco, and obviously the man that it all revolves around, Patrick Mahomes, don't get too carried away. Otherwise, How are we feeling about Taysom Hill this week? Yeah, not not as great. You know, if if we were going to have Alvin Kamara out, then that could maybe make you think that we were going to see them really lean on him in the uh, run game, but not going to be backing him as heavy as we were last week. Let's not forget, guys, Jawan Johnson has actually, I didn't check for this week, but going into last week, Jawan Johnson outscored Taysom Hill on the season. Just not a package that they've been consistently firing up a reckless abandon. So, I'm not saying you can't start Taysom. I think he's going to settle in as my tight end 11 or tight end 12 this week, but I would start guys like Pat with David Njoku, Evan Ingram, Tyler Higby, Andrews, Goddard, Schultz, Hawkinson, Kittle, Kelsey, starting all of them over our guy Taysom. But I'm happy he did cash in on that over 35 and a half rushing yards prop last week and help us out with finding the end zone at least one time. Moving right on to tight end, Hunter Henry is questionable with a knee injury. John Smith is out with the concussion. So with Henry, we can put him up with the ranks a little bit more in that tight end two conversation. Maybe he actually would be right there with Taysom Hill if he does wind up playing. Again, just realize Patriots passing game, more than 225 total passing yards. One time in the past 10 weeks, Henry himself just two scores all season, zero games with more than 70 receiving yards. So. One of those situations where it is a nice bump, impossible to say otherwise, also doesn't necessarily make him someone you need to be jamming into fantasy lineups. Bills tight end Dawson Knox, Bengals tight end Hayden Hurst, fully expecting both of them to suit up on Monday night. Good news for Hayden Hurst getting back. He practiced in full on Thursday. We're not going to have those final injury reports until Saturday. But if we do see Hayden Hurst completely off the injury report, no questionable tag, I think you can start sliding him into that lower end tight end two conversation. But even then, I'm going to have him ranked right next to Dawson Knox, who's currently tight end 18. So would really like to think you have better options out there. Rams tight end Tyler Higby is questionable with his knee injury. It was an interesting situation because he missed some practice earlier this week with a personal um, flag. I'm not exactly – I saw a tweet earlier about it. Okay, here we go, underdog. I'm sorry, it's an elbow injury. That's on me. We're rolling with the punches here. Underdog NFL, my favorite freaking news source out there, said he is listed as questionable with the elbow, but expected to play in Week 17. So with Higby, guys, he leads the Rams in targets since Baker Mayfield got under center. The duds that we've seen from Tyler Higby have come when they've used them more so as a blocker, which makes sense. If you guys have seen that offensive line throughout this year. But when he is out there just reaping in that target volume against a potential, uh, against a Chargers defense that will be without Derwin James with the concussion Tyler Higby for me, is a top seven tight end on the week. Only guys I would start ahead of him, Mark Andrews, Dallas Goddard, Dalton Schultz, TJ Hawkinson, George Kittle, and Travis Kelsey. Seahawks tight end Will Disley is on the IR with a knee injury. Got me excited about Noah Fant. He is dealing with a knee injury, but not listed as well. I would say that we have Colby Parkinson also in the fold. And while we do see with some defenses like the Jets, you know, real strong outside corners, but you can also attack them in the slot. Not exactly that way with the New York Jets. I mean, they are just honestly really strong all over the place. So it's not exactly a smash spot for Noah Fant. I still think he deserves top 15 consideration this week. We've seen him continue to flash the sort of ability that made him a first round pick back what four years ago or whatever that said New York Jets defense only two touchdowns to opposing tight ends all season that's tied for the third lowest mark in the NFL Colts tight end Kylan Granson is out with an ankle injury that helped Jelani Woods have a kind of boom I mean he caught three passes for 43 yards last week but it's a tight end position it's the Colts passing game it looks good so honestly Jelani Woods, Mo Alley-Cox, okay. It's another thing where, yeah, you take Granson out of it. We're bumping them up. If you want a cheap guy in DFS, okay, go get Jelani Woods. That's fine. That said, please try to do something else at your tight end position with the fantasy championship on the line. Same thing goes in Denver. Greg Dolchitz hitting the IR. Maybe we get an Albert O appearance. That'd be great. More likely, Eric Sauber, Eric Thomason, going to continue splitting things up. Don't trust any of them in fantasy and don't trust Panthers tight end Ian Thomas. If he gets a bigger role, should Tommy Trembles, Tommy Trembles, get uh, put on this, the uh, inactive list with that hip injury. Final two notes. I mentioned before, Duran James is out with a concussion. Joey Bosa is tentatively expected to return. Brandon Staley wouldn't 100% confirm it. We'll find out on Saturday. But the way Bosa was talking, guys, and, you know, anyone's idea of a top five defensive lineman in the NFL he was basically saying that he got the surgery and now he can do things like bend over and, you know, squat down and not be in pain. So kind of scary to think that Bosa over these past few years has been playing a lot more banged up than any of us realize. So getting a healthy version of that, obviously great news for the Chargers and accordingly bad news for Cam Akers and the Rams offense. That said this Chargers defense, even last year with Joey Bosa, wasn't exactly stopping, you know, each and every run offense they came across throughout that season. So honestly, Joey Bosa coming back into action. It's not ideal for Cam Akers and everything, but who knows, guys? This is his first game since week two. Maybe he only plays 15 snaps anyway. I'm not overly downgrading anybody involved. I honestly think losing Dermon James and now feeling even more confident about Tyler Higby playing through his questionable tag, that's the main takeaway here. Final note, and this is, I think, reasonable enough to give DJ Moore a nice little bump up. This Buccaneers secondary is decimated. Carlton Davis, doubtful with a shoulder injury. Jamel Dean is questionable with a toe. Antoine Winfield, questionable with an ankle. Mike Edwards, questionable with a hamstring. So we're talking two key cornerbacks and two key safeties, all either out or going to be at the very least banged up against DJ Moore and Sam Darnold, who have scored, connected for touchdowns in three of their first four games together this season. So still an incredibly run heavy offense in Carolina I'm not saying DJ Moore is a must start what he do in the fourth game that I just so nicely decided not to mention he completely goose egged on us. so that is a very real possibility with DJ Moore and Sam Donald under center that said he comes in as a top 24 wide receiver for me ahead of guys like Drake London Deontay Johnson Michael Pittman with similar situations under center that we don't absolutely love And yeah, guys, I'm going to be, you know, hang out here another couple minutes. Any other questions on your mind, live YouTube chat, send them my way. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Any guesses as to who the Saints quarterback will be next season? Probably not Jameis, which really pains me to say, I think they got a quit pretending that this they're like a legitimate contender right now. I understand very recently that was the case, but the overall roster, I mean, the defense not having Lattimore this year hasn't helped, but I don't think they're exactly championship quality. And the offense, I mean, one injury after another to the wide receiver room hasn't helped any matters, but paying all that money to Alvin Kamara, I don't think they need to completely tear things down, but I would not be surprised at all if we see them trying to trade up in the draft or just having a bottom 10 pick in their own right and being able to get one of, you know, who are we saying? Bryce Young, Will Levis, CJ Stroud, maybe Anthony Richardson. Those are going to be the four guys probably in more first round mocks than not. That would be my guess for them. Tenzin saying it probably a free agent, maybe Minshew or Jimmy G. I will say, guys, I was looking at the, uh, you know, when the, um, Derek Carr situation happened and I was doing a stream over there at bleacher report, just looking at some of the available quarterbacks of free agents in 2023, it's going to be a fun cycle here. And it's kind of been that way. Um, over the past few years with quarterback movement happening more and more often these guys making these wild trades and this and that but if you really do go ahead and look at all the free agents available i mean not saying they're all going to make it there or anything but lamar jackson is going to be there jimmy garoppolo maybe we get geno smith all of a sudden getting an opportunity to show off for some of these teams tom brady technically is going to be someone available baker mayfield daniel jones jacoby Bursett. like okay maybe i'm putting Brady that close to Jacoby percent. Maybe not exactly fair in the situation, but truly a lot of guys that you don't even have to pay for, not don't have to trade for, I should say, that could be on that open quarterback market. Should again be another fun NFL offseason. Shea's got inside knowledge that Peyton's going back and taking Brady with him. That would be absolutely wild. Again, very much looking forward to all that going on. Jaguars or Chiefs defense. So, For me here, they both have layup matchups for the most part. Let's face it, the Broncos, I believe, have been a bottom five unit in the entire NFL in terms of you want to play the DSTs facing them. I actually think the Chiefs are better than the Jaguars straight up. So Houston, Denver, that's kind of a wash for me. And then it comes down to who's better, Chiefs or Jags? Give me the Chiefs there. Gronk and Brady going to Vegas, that would be great. Like, come on, if Gronk's going to come back to any city, wouldn't it make sense that it is Vegas? And if there's one way to make that man Devontae Adams healthy, certainly would be that as well. Is Jameis a trade or a drop? I don't know, man. And look, I fully understand, you know, uh, Kevin Cole, when we were still able to pod together, brought up just like how crazy Jameis must make his own coaches with the way he plays. And I totally get it. It's very fair. And it's probably not responsible for a team to bet their future around Jameis being their quarterback. But can we all just agree that he is one of the most fun quarterbacks to watch for better and mostly worse, worse on red zone? I mean, that's it. Football is more fun to watch for Jameis. I get it. Probably not if you are fan of his direct team but hey that's not the case for you know 31 out of 32 of us out there so free Jameis Ingram or Njoku I am leaning Ingram I am as well have them rank right next to each other so you you know it's a very fair question but yeah just at this point I have way more confidence in Trevor Lawrence and that Jaguars passing game than I do with Watson and Cleveland from Joe, Cole Komet, Higby, or Darren Waller. The problem with Darren Waller, I know he's had these two games, and obviously now with, uh, you know, Jared Stidham under center, that's an entire different issue, but they're really easing him in. He's not even getting to run a route on over 60% of the offense's drop back, still very much rotating him, even with Foster Moreau out there. So Cole Komet is set up well this week, but for me, it's going to be Tyler Higby, knowing the elbow's not an issue, knowing he's back to getting that near every down roll that made us be fans of him in that late-round conversation in the first Place all the way back in August. Tyler Higby for me. Praying for a good Pittman game, also to ship. Guys, go win those freaking fantasy championships. No better feeling. Okay, there's one better feeling in the world. Like number two, best fantasy feeling is winning that championship. Number one best feeling is having your back against the wall in the loser punishment championship in week 17 and finding your way out of that one. So just goes to show you, you know, winning everything is great, but not being the complete butt of the joke, somehow even better. And yeah. All right, guys. Think that's going to wrap everything up again. Can't thank you guys enough for tuning in with me throughout the entire season. We are going to have a new schedule rolling forward next week and beyond going to have some PFF fantasy football awards and just won't be looking quite as closely, um, you know, just at the week by week matchups, obviously with the fantasy season uh, sailing on past us. So really want to go through and do some review uh, posts. I think quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, try to figure out what we've learned to position, how we can get better next year things like that some of the you know just trends i've hit and all that so yeah um you know again thank you guys for tuning with it i know we've had to kind of adjust the pod uh strategy and everything throughout the year and that is something i apologize for but just not everything exactly uh you know in our control here over here um throughout the season so that said you know we'll just watch the film get better always a great day to be great very much excited to get you know some more consistency here moving forward get some guests rolling back in rotation maybe just maybe get some new talent here joining up at pf and making more great things happen. So again, happy holidays, happy new year. Thanks again for tuning the to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. And until next time, take care, everybody.